0: Here are your hosts, Chase Palm And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCrady. I deserve to be
2: on TV. Welcome into this Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Palm, Neil McCrady, Jeffrey Wright, as always, for his weekly appearance on this Thursday. A few days away from Super Bowl Sunday. We'll discuss that a little bit. Get you some prop bets and different things going on for uh, the Chiefs and the 49ers on Sunday. A look at SEC hoops, which was Mostly a predictable night of basketball inside the conference last night. Uh Disney actually had some positive business news come out yesterday. Got a uh, much more here coming on the show with you today. Got some specials for you for Sunday. I told you all sweet daddy's locations in Mississippi including the Oxford Exxon. You're going to go with wings this year. Got a uh, Super Bowl Sunday special 12 party wings for 10.99, 24 party wings 19.99. Those can be tossed in buffalo sauce, barbecue sauce, or served plain for those who would uh like their sauce on the side or not covered in either one of those goodness there with the Oxford Exxon and all Blue Sky locations up and down I-55 throughout North Mississippi as well. And we're coming to you from the Clark Ford studio.
3: We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, What I recommend that you do. And that's hopping to a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. Jeffrey Wright. All guests join on the Campbell Clinic Hotline. Campbell Clinic's in Oxford now. 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street. From the cottages at Hooper Hollow, the Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care pediatric orthopedics physical therapy and more to book an appointment go to campbellclinicoxford.com or call 901-759-3111 walk-ins always welcome at the campbell clinic monday through friday 7:30 a.m. to 4 p.m.
2: Jeffrey how much do we care about this game on sunday because i'm i'm thinking about it we have two really good teams we got a lot of storylines right i mean it, it's a super bowl that on its face should be pretty exciting and make a lot of sense in all these different ways. I know it's a rematch, but that feels like four decades ago, considering everything that's gone on over the last two, three, four years. And I'll be honest, I'm just sort of limping into this thing. I'm more thinking about, hey, this is my last football game for a while. We're going to lose football for the offseason. But beyond that, I'm just having a hard time kind of getting up and going for this thing.
1: Yeah, I kind of feel the same way, but the question is why? So is it is it something that's inherent about this matchup? Is it something is it something about maybe just kind of the it feels like the over corporatization of the event? I was also starting to think Ooh. like, is it is it also maybe the the location of Vegas? Because it feels like the Super Bowl's met its match. It does it not feel like to y'all like Vegas? To me, feels bigger than the Super Bowl. Like, feels like this is the Vegas Super Bowl. Like, and it's becoming, it's becoming like the the main character. Like, it, I don't know. That that's kind of been odd to me. But then I was like wondering, like, maybe it's just because we've seen we're now at the point where we've seen all of the kind of like the buildup and whatnot. So it's like. I kind of want to know, like, what do I feel like on Sunday? Because I do think it's an interesting football matchup, but I I am with you. I don't feel like – I've been saying the whole week. It just doesn't feel like Super Bowl week to me. It's not even oversaturation because I really haven't
2: read a ton. I haven't kept up with a lot of stuff the last couple weeks heading into it. And if the Bills were playing, I'd be more interested. If the Lions were playing, I would be more interested strictly from a football standpoint and some of the things that, that have happened with those franchises and the underdog stuff and all that type of thing. I I think I I, and this has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. I'm not a huge Chiefs fan. I kind of pull for them to lose for no real reason all the time. Um, The 49ers are fascinating as an organization, but they don't necessarily interest me. They're out on the West Coast, kind of whatever. Um, My only really following of that division has to do with the Rams because of Dylan for the most part. I I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the corporate thing. Maybe it's Vegas. Maybe it's that I'm just not really into – I don't care who wins. Thus, I don't really care anything to do with the spectacle – um, usher's a good halftime show but that's not captivating me in any way I, I I don't know but I just go into it and go okay why am I watching on Sunday and I'm going to watch there's no doubt right, but no, I don't right, have a good you... reason why
1: so, ne- neither of us is pretending like we're not going to watch Yeah, of course. Uh, I do wonder maybe like if we go back to like last week's is it kind of heel versus heel you know what I mean like it's fair that's to it say right ne- neither is neither is a face because like I'm sitting there going like all right. Am I really just like ready to ride for the Niners just to see the Chiefs lose? It's like, yeah, you know, that little plucky underdog, the San Francisco 49ers. Like it, like man, I'm I'm glad to see something finally good happen to Kyle Shanahan. Like I mean, really yeah. And that honestly, Christian McCaffrey, he's had it oh tough. Boy, man, I got it. I'm glad to see that kid finally get a break. Yeah. Um I do also think for me personally, there's kind of like a bummed out factor. Like the Lions were so close. Yeah. And like, I really enjoyed that watching that football team this year. Like, I've been, I've been a golf guy. I've, I've stuck through it, I kept my stock. My stock was looking good. But I found myself as my team sucked, I was like, I really like the Lions and I thought they were easy to root for. And they're so close. And then you start to realize like, really honestly the AFC championship game was the Bills Chiefs game that was really the AFC championship game based on what based on how the Ravens looked yeah um i think that might be a part of it where it's like you had you had the potential for some awesome awesome matchups that like would really make you care but we lost all of them kind of in horrific fashion
3: with i think that's i think you just nailed it i i think this is a the Chiefs have been on the radar for so long that you have an opinion of them, right? I mean, Pat, we all acknowledge Patrick Mahomes' greatness. Yet I don't know that anybody thinks of Patrick Mahomes as particularly lovable, right? So he we're not we're not in love with Patrick Mahomes. Nobody really hates But Patrick you find Mahomes. him more palatable than his wife and his brother to the point that it's hard to
2: completely hate him all the way, either. You know what I mean? Let's, you don't yeah, even man, get don't, like the crazy hate to Mahomes. You're like, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah,
3: I don't hate him. I hate at all. But what Jeffrey's saying is right. If the Detroit Lions were in this game, oh, I'm I'm in. We're all in because look at the end of the day, this isn't complicated. We all there's a reason that like Hollywood and Netflix and stuff creates the same storylines, just different characters. We love an underdog. We love the idea. If, if this were the Lions trying to upset the Chiefs dynasty run. With you know Campbell and 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 J- we could do the Jared Goff Redemption story. There's so many things you could do. Eminem do-
1: versus Taylor Swift. Yeah, we could we
3: could do that. And and look, I've talked to enough people this week who have sort of scolded me a little bit on the Taylor Swift thing to the point that I'm willing to at least concede that maybe I'm just being a cynical old bastard on this. You know. Who's to say that their relationship's not legitimate? I don't know. I, I, I do I think Travis Kelsey has truly been, uh, uh gotten a shot? I don't. I, I don't believe it based on listening to his podcast for years. I, I don't think that he's running out and getting the booster every time it's available. I don't turn. I, I can't fault him for taking twenty million dollars. I would take twenty million dollars. There's, there's really nothing I wouldn't endorse probably for twenty million dollars. So I get it. And then, look, has she, Swift, has she made a lot of females who would otherwise not be particularly interested in football and in the Super Bowl, interested in football and the Super Bowl? Yes. Is that good for, like, some father-daughter relationships out there? Of course. It's a it's a probably a good thing all in all. So whatever. It's fine. I just think neither one of these teams is particularly lovable. Neither... No, but I don't hate the 49ers. I don't hate the Chiefs. Whatever. So it's just I mean, Sunday I'll turn the game on. I'll watch it. To be honest, I'm I'm probably gonna be more interested in what I drink and maybe what we cook. I, I I don't I don't really care. There's not an outcome that's going to make me happy. There's not an outcome that's going to make me tragically sad either. So whatever.
1: Yeah, I said this on I said this on my show Friday. Because I was like Am I really ready to like push my chips in on the Niners and be like, "Let's go, Niners"? No, I, I don't feel like I'm there yet. So what I decided was, let's just all root for everybody's bets. Like that. That's that's what. Like, let's just let's root for our bets. And but then that brings up the complicating. It's like, am I really gonna bet against Mahomes again? Like, no. I, no. I don't know. It, it's it's you feel like you feel so stupid. Like I told my wife. That Ravens game, after the second possession I looked at her and I was like, I'm on to the Lions. Like I knew how that game was going. Like it, it I was like, I'm on to the Lions, this is done. Um You know, the thing the thing about the whole Taylor Swift thing is I have gotten just annoyed by the whole she I guess it's somehow she's become like a proxy for the culture war. It's the whole
4: yes. I'm going to
1: make up an argument uh, just to like to take some kind of stance. And it's, it's become, that's become insufferable to me. She replaced the tush push argument that we had amongst fans. Like, like it's like we got the Eagles went out and it's like, well, now let's just start arguing about Taylor Swift. The only problem I have with the whole Taylor Swift thing is I just think it's remarkably unfair. If the first year that they care about football, they win a title. Like, Fanship is about suffering. Like, yeah, that's that. That's the point. It's like, wait, the first time they 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 get into football, they win. Like, what? How? That's not how it's supposed to go. You needed tears. You needed the
2: divisional yeah. round loss. You needed all that. You're uh, you your need, first you need Super to Bowl through the
3: wilderness for ten years. You need to, You need uh, to. You need to question why do
1: I do this multiple times you you need to throw away your stuff no, a couple of they've times they've never really had to i guess they as they were limping into the playoffs but like they've never really had to come to the existential crisis of do i need this in my life yes. does make does this make my life better does this make me a better person does this really actually add value
3: they yes. don't
4: have
1: to deal with that no they've not had to do that thing that I've done so
3: many times as a Cub fan where I say to myself, you know, you don't know these people. They don't know you. You care about them. They do not care about you. You can love them. They are not going to love you back. Do you really need this in your life? Would your life be any different if for six months, every spring through early fall, for three-plus hours a day, you followed along basically pitch by pitch, a group of people that you don't know and that don't care about you just so they can win one time in your whole damn lifetime is it truly worth it they haven't experienced that they just middle of the season in fact jeffrey not even the whole season middle of the season they get in and they're like oh so this is what it's like you just race your way to the super bowl and you go to las vegas and and there's going to be confetti and a big silver trophy and and isn't this fun that's and maybe that's good for the growth of the game because they'll think this football thing is awesome. You ch- pick a team and your team wins the championship, but it's 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 not real. The Chiefs fans who are around like the
2: late '80s and went, hey Steve Deberg's going to be our hero and lead us to the Super Bowl, they're going hey this uh, yeah it t- go step in line wait your turn a little bit here and instead it's all all rainbows all sunshine it, it's Jeffrey it's. Your first Super Bowl as a uh, as a father. What's the menu on Sunday? I mean, we're not we're not, we're not doing the we're not we're not doing the, the you know we're we doing the big spreads or Are we just trying to get to bedtime. What's going on?
1: So I don't know because Aaliyah's asking me. She's like, "What are we going to do?" And it's like, "Well, Josephine's bedtime. Like we do bath, bottle, bed, starting at like six forty five. So it's like I don't know. That's quarter. yeah. It's basically like approaching halftime." Like, am I really gonna invite people over to like watch us put our our, our daughter no. down? No, <laughs> no. Um, I presume I'll we'll do the standard of like I'll just go get some wings for us and then that. But like, I don't think we'll probably be doing full spread. Yeah, I mean, I think also maybe there's an element like if we want to use the Cubs example, it's like. Even though, as like a Cardinals fan and the Cubs card Cardinals rivalry, it's like I could still be happy for like Neil and for our friend O'Keefe, like that watched that team suck for their entire lives, like yep. just just caused nothing but heartache and just disillusionment. Like I can be happy for them. I was not happy for new Cubs fans, like the transplants that moved into Chicago, like and they were just like this very very aggressive, like they were like. New Blackhawks fans, new Cubs fans. Like, I wasn't particularly happy for them. It's kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah, if you've been stuck in Arrowhead for 3 and 13 years where, you know, half the season's spent under 40 degrees, yeah, I, I could be happy for you. I think the other thing with Mahomes is, like, if you compare Mahomes to Brady, which is, like, the most obvious comp for what the path that he's on, I find his style of play... Much more interesting and much more fun than Brady's yeah. was, but at the same time, it's like I—I I don't know. There's just, and I like Andy Reid, but it's like I, I don't know. It's I just can't, I can't get there. I I just can't.
2: Give you a few uh, a few props for uh, for Sunday. Couple that uh that make some sense. Actually, probably a few. I'll run through them. Most of these courtesy of CBS Sports. I don't hate this. 49ers to be ahead at halftime, Chiefs to win the game, plus 525. Get five and a quarter on a Chiefs comeback in the second half. I like that a
1: lot. Yeah, I don't hate that. But then there's this other thing. It's like if you look at kind of the Chiefs formula, other than the Bills game kind of what they've done is they've gotten out in front and they've just suffocated. Mm -hmm. You know, they did that. They suffocated the Dolphins. They suffocated, you know, Mahomes goes out on those first two drives against the Ravens and just basically like they took complete control of the game and they just suffocated the Ravens the entire rest of the way. I think the other problem that maybe I'm having, it's like, Am I ready to like live in a world where Brock Purdy is a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Like if
3: he's we're the into, one guy I can actually get happy for
1: on Sunday, a little bit. Yeah, but it goes against like everything that I believe, which is you have to just have an elite quarterback. And he's just not. Like not I, I think I think it's that classic example. Like when we talk about all these football arguments, I think it's another that's an argument that's driven me insane because I think both sides are wrong. Like, I don't, I think draft Twitter that thinks he like legitimately sucks, I think those people are wrong. But the people that act like he, like, we were in November having discussions of if this guy's going to win the MVP. Like, is he a top five quarterback? No, like, those people are wrong too. He's somewhere kind of in the middle, but it's like, you know, him, him beating, Mahomes for a Super Bowl, and granted, I understand his team is a whole lot better. I just don't know if, like, I'm ready there. I'm if I'm ready for that yet.
2: What, what was the basis? He was like his QBR was amazing or something. Wasn't that like the his, one stat everybody was going
1: crazy on? Uh, his also his EPA per drop back is like okay. astronomical. Okay, because well, it turns out when you throw to a bunch of aliens, uh, <laughs> the, it turns out that. You uh when those guys can basically take a hitch and and turn it into 30 yards, like that that tends to raise the the value of each play. It's it's where two things
3: can be true at once, and we struggle with that in the sports world and and, in political and in every world for that matter. He look, was he better than a seventh round pick? Yes, absolutely. Clearly. Clearly. Teams teams misevaluated him, period. He should have gone much earlier than that. He is a he is a uh at, at, at worst an average nfl quarterback he, yeah. he's he's proven that he can he can uh run games that he can operate an offense that he can get the ball out that he can get the ball um into the hands of elite wide receivers and let them do their thing and and there's look there's a lot of nfl teams that would kill to have a guy that meets that description and they simply don't have it um on the other hand there's nothing about him that's elite and 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 so when people go, oh, he should he should be an MVP candidate? No, he shouldn't. He's not he's not an MVP caliber player. He's he's a he's a good player. Uh, the, the credit to the Niners for for taking him and giving him the runway to become a quarterback. He he became their quarterback by accident. That no one ever reports that he wouldn't have been their quarterback if everybody had stayed healthy. Um, but you know, to their credit, they they developed him. They they put him in a system that works. All of those things. It's the reason I think the Chiefs are going to win the game because. NFL history says when in doubt, take the best quarterback. And in this case, you have a I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, a slightly above average quarterback going up against arguably the, the best quarterback of all time. And the, the advantage is way in the Chiefs' favor. And history I do says in th- these
1: games they probably win because of it. The great thing about Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy is the ultimate quarterback for sports debate shows or debating amongst your friends because you'll watch the guy play throughout the course of a game. And at one point you'll think he legitimately sucks. And then at the other point you'll be like, my God, this guy's like Tom Brady. He's like Kurt Mm -hmm. Warner. Like he's like, he's, there's just like a Disney character element, like of, of like, Oh my God, like this guy, you know, the second half against the lions after the, the lucky pass that ends up being the, you know, the off the DB's helmet, into IU's arm. It's like after that, he played near perfect football. And I think the other thing about him that I pay attention to is I don't love what football has become. It's become so like RPO and just, you know, it's everything is like scheming up a one-on-one where Brock Purdy is really good. And, you know, it's kind of like a issue, like with a, Matt Campbell like if you watch their offense you're like man this offense is just like watching paint dry but what Brock is very good at because he's had to play like legitimate quarterback for most of his life yeah. he knows what he's looking at on the field like if he noticed like he knows how to read coverage he knows where the ball's supposed to go he knows how to get the ball out on time like he he knows how to play the position and so many of these young quarterbacks that are coming up it's Either backyard football or it's like, all right, where's my where's my one-on-one that's gonna be schemed up and I just chunk it? Like he knows how to play quarterback. And so, you know, I, I think the term that everybody uses processing, which but really what it to me, what it is, is like, oh, well, he knows he knows how to read coverage, he knows where holes and zones are gonna open up. And to me, what makes this matchup fascinating, where he has struggled at times this year. They have very good players, but if you can get really physical with those receivers, and you can play a lot of man, and you can't just you can't just have him go. All right, this is this is where the hole in the zone is going to be. This is where I've got to throw the football on this step. Like the Raven, the Ravens game was that Christmas. I think it was Christmas Day. That's kind of what the Ravens did to him, and you can really mess with him if you can get physical and those guys just aren't like the guy that he's expecting to be open, isn't open. And if you look at what the chiefs have done largely with this defense, it's like their coverage guys have been awesome. Now the flip side of that is I don't think Kyle Shanahan's only going to give the ball to Christian McCaffrey six times on, on Sunday. And that's where their defense has been susceptible is, you know, running the ball. Speaking
2: uh speaking of McCaffrey first touchdown plus three sixty.
1: Yeah, to me not the terrible. one am what's his what's his over in carries? Uh
2: let me see if I have it. I'll see it right now. I'll look part down the list. Um by the way, if you think a nil down is the last play, you can get plus two hundred on two to one odds. Yeah, I used not to not bad for a ten bucks. To, I feel like I used to play that one pretty regularly. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, minus 115 on jersey number over uh, 22 and a half for first touchdown score. That gives you McCaffrey, Kelsey, and George Kittle. Throw five or ten on something. Uh, uh Let's see. Purdy completions under 20 and a half is minus 105. Purdy's passing yards are 247 and a half for an over-under. Mahomes completions 25 and a half, his attempts 36 and a half, his yards under 260, over 260. 18
1: and a half on McCaffrey rushing attempts. So I kind of like the over on that because if you're Kyle Shanahan going into this game, how it's the last game of the year. Like you're not preserving him. Like how are you not giving him the ball 25 times? The under has hit in five of his six playoff games, McCaffrey's. Yeah, I just think the I think this is a different game. 90 and a half on rushing yards, by the way. So their first game was against the... Like, if you think about it, the script went against them on the first two games or against him in particular. The Packers got in front and, and the Niners were chasing and then the Lions got in front and then the Niners were chasing. I Honestly, I could be wrong, but it's like when both defenses... Have been pretty susceptible to the run. I just wonder if this is going to be kind of a I in my head, I think the game that we're most likely to see is lower scoring. Like I kind of like the under because I think both teams are going to probably run the ball a decent amount. Like if you look at this postseason, like they've run the ball with Pacheco a decent amount for the Chiefs. And then I just think McCaffrey's going to. If I'm Kyle Shane, I've seen everything from the Chiefs, this playoffs, it's like, I've got to run the football right at him. And I've got the best running back in the game. Why am I not giving him the ball, you know, 25 times?
2: He's done it twice in the regular season this year. I don't hate this really big long shot. Debo Samuel to score a rushing and a receiving touchdown, plus 3,000. I
1: don't hate that either, because I think Kyle's going to kind of be in his bag a little bit. Yeah, it feels...
2: That's like you can get pretty good odds, like really good odds, on
1: two and a half players throwing a pass.
2: I
3: think if he's got a, if he's got a big lead, he gets up say I don't know twenty eight to three. How's he How's he manage this puppy?
1: <laughs> I think if anything, he he over-corrects, Right, he runs he exclusively runs the ball. Uh,
2: yeah, I think probably, I yeah tries to run mean, as I much clock blame, as humanly possible. I
1: blame Julio for that one. Julio had his hands on the ball with like six and a half minutes left. You got to make that catch. That one play that started it yes. all that everybody shows. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then the Matt Ryan, the Matt Ryan was it a strip sack or is it a, like a, yeah, that is one of those games. If you haven't gone back and watched it for a while, that is one of those games, much like we saw two weeks ago with holy hell. How did the lions blow this? Yeah there's like a five to 10 minute stretch in that game where everything that could go wrong went wrong for the Falcons. And like, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to make Falcons fans their blood boil, but it's like, it's still, it's still one of the more, how did all of these things happen? Like when you go back and you rewatch it for sure. Um,
2: Jeffrey, you got a little better mind on like video games and stuff than I do, at least from a from a culture standpoint. I was reading through this yesterday. I mentioned Disney in the open. And we've right. talked a ton about their streaming and their losses and whether they can pay for ESPN to broadcast all these things into the years. I'm, I'm gonna read this paragraph on their earnings situation yesterday, and they went well above expectations for its quarterly earnings. Uh, they cut their streaming losses. They also announced a $1.5 billion stake in Fortnite Maker Epic Games. It's the company's largest ever investment in gaming and plans to work with Fortnite on new games and entertainment universe featuring characters from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars and Avatar. They also uh, will soon get a Taylor Swift bump as her era tours film is going to stream a stream on Disney Plus. And then uh, they've also announced a Moana sequel for theaters. There's a chance everything on that is a success. It's one of the few times where I went, no, I actually will get behind their jump there and think that all makes a lot of sense.
1: So there's a working theory that as bad as the Disney brand has been diminished right now, there's the working theory that a large part of this was pandemic-related and that they had all these just these crap movies and crap projects that were in the can they'd already paid for them and so Mm -hmm. the the thought was like they've just now like they just started releasing them all and like we just got to get through this like we've paid for all this we've got to get whatever we can from them and then get it out and then they're going to kind of reset um i mean in the end like do i think disney's dead forever no i presume at some point like the most powerful media company in the world is probably going to I don't think that. Out. Yeah, I think they're going to have a counteroffensive. I'm not saying that like it will 1,000 percent be successful, but like betting on Disney being dead forever, I feel like is probably a mistake. Um, y'all buy into this theory that Elon's buying Disney? That's
2: a tough Ooh. sell for me.
1: I'm Does he be have cash on hand right now?
3: I, I don't know because mm-hmm. I mean he, he lost that feels a, expensive Jeff he lost a lot on the whole Twitter X thing though I am I am forever grateful to him for buying it because it has completely changed discourse in our country that that there's not since the level of censorship
1: on on Twitter slash X that there was pre Elon I go back and forth on whether or not I'm pumped a I can't, that's probably my like when I really got down to it, like I think Neil's position is probably my position, but like it made Twitter worse for me because all the stuff that I liked about Twitter, I would now have to pay for and I just refused to pay for it. Like tweet deck, uh, you know, having like the scrolling running timeline for me was effective. Like I could organize it much easier Um I I just, I don't know, like, I'd seen this theory that Elon's trying to buy Disney, and I'm like, I just don't know if he's got, like, I mean, what? He already spent $45 on Twitter. I mean, it did seem like, in fairness, like, the business plan, I think, for him was, A, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get this thing back, you know, back to sanity. Mm Mm-hmm then also, it seemed to me, it's like all the great features about Twitter that we're talking about, like the features that were there, I'm going to make people pay for. And like if you're running a private company, that's what you would do. Like, I, I, I totally understand that. It's just, I don't know. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic
2: Greens literally every day. Give it a try because look, my diet's not perfect. Not always getting all the vitamins, nutrients, minerals that I need every day. And AG1 can help in that, makes me feel better, like I'm doing something great for my body as well. Because it empowers the gut for whole body health. It's much more than just a greens power powder. It's all of your key health products in one covering my nutritional basis for my day literally couldn't be any easier which is why I trust athletic greens i just mix one small, small scoop of ag1 with water drink it first thing in the morning done right there i break my uh, kind of my fast overnight with ag1 a great routine and gets me on with my day. I also like that it costs less than three hours a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's an effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. It's a win-win. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, give Athletic Greens. They're giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com mpw. That's athleticgreens.com mpw. Check it out. Take a break in the podcast tell you about GM Pharmacy. That's in Oxford on South Lamar. It's also in Square in Holly Springs with Tyson Drugs. Let them be their community pharmacy of choice for you. I use them. They have free delivery to your house every uh, single day. Whatever you need, they take care of it. They also offer MedSync, for your prescriptions the same day each month. Take care of you in that way. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery. You have everything you need when you need it. With Tyson Drugs. Also, as we linger here into February, any type of vaccine you need, they can set you up. Those are by appointment. You schedule them. You're in and out very quickly there with GNM and Tyson Drugs. Again, that is in Oxford, 662 236 2222, or in Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs, 662 252 2321. Podcast also brought to you by Prime Shrimp, primeshrimp.com. Hopefully, you're uh, using the specials. Use code RG. 25% off you buy five pouches or more a lot of options including um, my personal favorite one of the best sellers Louisiana The uh, New Orleans style barbecue shrimp there from them and then they have a new flavor coming out the soy ginger It's excellent. It's a good option. Check it out It's great with rice about you stuff all that kind of things and also they've been giving away uh, Shrimp to you guys congratulations to Jonathan Holloway it went free shrimp for a year with Prime Shrimp, took part in that competition or that drawing, I should say. Not really competing, just buying shrimp and then getting re- getting rewarded for doing so. So uh, congratulations to him. And again, primeshrimp.com. Use code RG, delivered straight to your door and ready to go. Great snack, great meal, great people there at Prime Shrimp. And then the podcast also brought to you by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Service people across rural communities, two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps or the Blaze, The one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team, bringing you world-class broadband. That's NESpark.com. 662-238-3159. Phone service, point controls, network security, and much more. So get the best internet in Lafayette County. That's 662-238-3159. I mean, look, here's the deal with Disney, too, is I, I was looking through their 24 and 25 releases from a movie standpoint. They're going to have they're, they're at the point where they're not far away from having to scrap some of this Marvel stuff because I'm not exactly some marble head but they've been they've been losing money on the last few releases anyway and when you look at the next 2 years there was not one single thing that excited me in their release.
1: Well, then you also be a Ma- Spider-Man
2: movie but that was it.
1: They also had the very big problem of they were building the whole story around Jonathan Majors as the right. big and pack. they've
2: got to recast him, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean you know, I saw Benedict Cumberbatch is not doing the next Doctor Strange. It looked to me like a lot of moves of cutting money. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't read the Hollywood Reporter story on Marvel back from I think it was in the fall. Okay. it's very, very good of like what's happened to Marvel. But I mean, there's no question with Marvel. It's like, why do I care right now? Yeah. Was uh was yesterday
2: step one to Saban replacing Corso, or is that just an add-on for twenty four in your guys' opinion?
3: Step one.
1: My understanding though is Corso is there as long as as long as Kirk Herbstreet's still breathing. I think so. I mean, we do the thing is like let's be clear. It is an uncomfortable watch when Corso's on the screen. Very much so. But Corso is not screen, uncomfortable like, it's, it's, oh, it's unbearable. No, it's no, I agree. It's very but it's on the screen for like two segments.
3: But it, it's that deal where you don't honestly, and I'm not a fan of the show, so I don't like the show. I think the show has outlived its time. I think it's, I, I think it's boring. Uh, it does nothing for me on Saturday mornings. I don't watch it almost to the point where now I don't even want to be around it. That being said what it is with corso is i don't know when they're going to bring him on and so i don't i don't even want to be around it when they do bring him on because it's sad to watch um sabin's interesting and and this has been planned for a while the the truth is the whole and i tyler's just going to get mad at me for saying this because in his world sabin can do no wrong and i'm not saying this is wrong this was planned for a while there were people out there in the sphere that were saying this as early as september that this was his last season he was going to game day a deal was basically done i go back to glenn gilbo's story glenn gilbo's story got no national pickup because he works for outkick and national reporters hate clay travis period but gilbo was on it quoting anonymous sources who were really tight with saban going it's likely this year maybe one more it's done. There were message board people that were out there in the middle of December when Alabama was preparing for the playoffs saying Nick Saban and ESPN basically have a deal. He's retiring after the playoff. Whenever Alabama ends, he's out. Sure enough. So the ESPN's known this for a while. This has been out for a while. They, I'm sure that they have looked at, at, at the show with my reaction to it. I can't be the only person who feels that way. They've got to rebuild replug that show, regenerate that show, make that show interesting again. And I'll be honest, I think Saban does it. I'm interested in what Saban says. Now maybe he'll be horrible on there and he'll turn into a cartoon character, but that's not really his personality. I think he will make that show at least intriguing enough for people like me who have quit on it to give it another chance.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
4: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yeah,
1: I think he's very good on TV. Um, We started realizing this, I think, during like the peak of... Alabama fatigue like on the rare year that they wouldn't actually make the title game the first time I remember it was the Oregon Auburn title game and he was on the desk and my buddies and I in college were sitting around watching this and they're not really college football fans and we all looked at each other like this is really good like this guy makes this guy makes me want to watch the game a little bit more I just think the biggest problem with game day right now is it's just such a checklist show like well we've got to have got to have the minority female we have to have like everyone's got to kind of like get their own stuff in and so it's like trying to serve too many masters and so it winds up just being like i don't think it's like outright terrible but it's just blah like to me it's now going from it's gone from you know tv one on a saturday morning to like its background
4: it, it was know,
2: supposed wow. to be a setup show and a palate cleanser, and they've lost the appeal to just sort of be the every whatever. Okay, set the day up, and now you're you're so you're so worried about like the external factors and getting all the noise that you're talking about that you don't just watch the show anymore. It's completely lost that. And I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, I, I've kind of gone all over the place on what I think about like Pat McAfee, but like him and Saban both. Okay, like I'll at least wonder about the interactions here. Yeah,
1: it's forward. almost it's almost like was game day to a certain degree a victim of its own success sure because you know when we think about pregame shows there was a good period of time where I would argue like it was appointment television it was the best watch I'm talking NFL pregame shows but like let's look at what made it successful what made it successful was they would go to a big game and you'd have a great environment mm-hmm and then, largely, it was just like three dudes talking about football, and, mm-hmm. and and what they were, you know that that was at its core what it became, or what made it successful. And then it added well, an hour and another hour. Yeah, and then just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like, well, we can't do this. What's the most successful, you know, studio show right now? It's the NBA on TNT. Why? Yeah. Because it's, it's four, it's four, four
3: funny dude, dudes talking about basketball. They talk basketball, and sometimes they veer off into other things, and it's funny. But for the most part, it's four guys, and they talk about the basketball game that e- either is to come, or more often when it's really good, just ended, and they talk about what's going to come next
1: and all that stuff. And they're funny, but they're talking about the NBA ninety percent of the conversation. And to me, it's like the more that Game Day got away from that, the the more that it just became blah and maybe to like a certain degree like how many times could you say see the same places and sure, but I mean I just think when I when I watch the show, my biggest reaction is it's just like and there's just there's just too much going on here like they're they're just trying to do too much.
2: I know it's humans and they have their own whatever but like why does Corso want to keep doing it like,
1: I mean, you ever t- tried to nothing to take prove? Person? You ever wanted to try to take away? I know, I get it. One's driving privilege, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I think it's I all think, he has. I think it's. I, I think
3: it's so much of his identity, and 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 you know, it's it's uh, it's by, vit- He's Dick Vital, you know. I mean, he wants to be was, around it. There was a time when I mean, like when that show was great, Corso was one of the reasons it was great, and it. I mean, I think it's hard for any, like, you know, why do guys still try to hang around in sports when clearly they're done? I mean, it, I get it. I get why he wants to do it. And I, I respect Herb streets loyalty. I do. I, I won that 1 million percent, but the shows a tough watch when Corso's up there. It really is. It's a, it's a tough watch. You're watching somebody who is in market decline, and and you're having to watch people like Corso Herb Street is sitting there next to him looking at Corso's notes so that he can help him when he when he hits and it's just painful. And I don't know, I it, it's I on one hand, like I said, I respect the loyalty and all of that. On the other hand, it's it's not fair to the viewer.
1: When did when did we tap uh Herbstreet to be like The gatekeeper of elderly people, because he's kind of like having to hold Al Michaels' hands, hands too through the Amazon broadcast. Like it's, I don't know. That's just not a role that I would want. But I guess to to Neil, he must have a Q rating
2: that
3: is so off the charts from a likability standpoint. Herb Street, yeah, I think Herb Street's very. I don't know the guy. Yeah, I mean, all I see is on what's on TV, but. I do find him to be quite likable. And again, I, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for the loyalty that he has shown towards Lee Corso.
1: I mean, there's I just, also an element of, of Herb street. Like, even if he's not your quote unquote favorite, there's really no one out there. There's like, you know, who sucks Herb street. Everyone's everyone's like, yeah, I like him. And, and I would imagine in that business that that's, uh, definitely an asset because if you're trying to get the masses that that to me seems that to me seems like that would be valuable
3: the oxford exxon podcast is brought to you by the college corner the college corner is your one-stop rebel shop two locations in the jackson area in Flowood. it's next to half shell in um ridgeland it's next to fleet feet You can also visit the College Corner at collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or home-gating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day with the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or that area, call the people at Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1. Shop now at astock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. Uh, a stock auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups. So don't miss out. If you want it, bid it, win it. Brought to you by MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to diversify, if you're looking to leave the corporate rat race, gain control of your income and schedule, MyPerfectFranchise.net offers the ability to create income and wealth. Let Andy guide you through a comprehensive franchise evaluation. He has tons of franchise and business ownership experience to lean on. If you hate your job, your boss, your pay, you feel stuck, Andy Ludecki can help. It's Andy at myperfectfranchise.net.
2: How are y'all uh, talking about the NBA these days with the Grizzlies situation, Jeffrey?
1: So our friend Marshall, I'd mentioned this. Like, we're now at the point with Grizzlies games. I've been here. We, y'all know me well enough. I'd never have had fear of missing out. I don't have FOMO. I have fear of buying in. But one of my one of my no like unquestioned strengths is I know when to look at a situation and bail. Like, I knew very quickly on this. Like, once Ja got hurt, it's like, all right, it's it's time to bail. It's time to give up. But now everyone else has kind of gotten there. So Marshall's idea was, you know, why don't the Grizzlies just start signing the kids of the 96 Bulls? They've already got Scottie Pippen Jr., which I had to explain to our, our buddy Marshall's like, I don't know if you've been reading the news but there's one of Michael Jordan's kids that you probably can't bring onto the team that or Scotty right, Pippen yes. Jr. Uh, I was yes. like there's 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 that um my fraternity little brother had the idea of he's like why don't they just bring all the core four out of retirement and I was like well you know you still got you still got uh Mike playing in Minnesota and they're the number one but getting Zebo TA and Mark out of retirement to to go and and Finish up the stretch. It's like, okay, that would be fun. But really, what we've done is everyone is just needing a fast forward button. Because unlike other bad Grizzly seasons, and there have been plenty, you have this reality of, well, they just have to get back to next year. Job ja will be healthy. You'll get Josh, ja- Aaron, ja, Dez. And then what's this core going to look like? But right now, you're just kind of like, you flip the game on and you're like, why do I care? Like, can you just get me to next year? Meanwhile,
3: for me as a Thunder fan, this has been like the most fun season in forever because they're 35 and 16. I have no expectation for them winning anything. Like they lost to Utah the other night, and I was like, oh, it's okay. Look at Utah. They're plucky. i already be and he sure is good. And so it's the whole, whole this is it's proof of what we always say. The single most fun part. Ole Miss fans are in for something this fall. These Oh, when you have most, expectations. The single yeah. most fun part of sport. As a fan beyond. Right. The old, I know of a doubt, Is the right. build. Yep. Yeah. Build.
1: You're you where the grizzlies were the first year that they won the division, the two seed, they got yeah. beat by the by the Warriors in game six in the conference semis. No, it's like everything is gravy. The one caution I have is, you know, with the gift of hindsight, if you think about it with a core four era, their probably best chance. When they had their best team, best chance, but they didn't know it, was losing the in 2011 to the Thunder in the semis, like that great series where you had all those overtime games. Oh yeah, it was amazing. You know, they matched up pretty well with the Mavs, and and they would have gotten the Mavs in the next round, and then the Heat were in that. It was probably a year too early. Like that might have been their best chance. If we look back for the Grizzlies in the Morant era, like you still got to be hopeful for the next two seasons, and there's every reason, but you can look at this scenario. It's like you blew, you blew two games against the warriors. And if you would have knocked them off, you might've won a title like that now granted they didn't match up as well with Boston as, as the warriors did. But at the same time, like you sometimes will look back and you like realize that's your best chance. And from the thunder perspective, you look at it this way, it's like the nuggets are still dealing with the championship hangover. Um, yeah. I'll believe in Paul George and James Harden when in the playoffs. When I see it, uh, the the West is there for the taking. It's like how many times are you going to get that? And I think I think part of the reason, like to bring it back to football, why so many Bills fans were just so dejected. How many times are you going to get Mahomes at home, no Burrow? Like people can talk about you know people can maybe get frustrated with a conversation around Josh Allen. When the Bills lose in the playoffs, it has not been Josh Allen's fault. I mean, he's been like, unlike Lamar, Josh has been great. Yeah. But it's, you know, they, you know, they, they can't get it, they can't get over the hump. Like you'll, you'll sometimes realize like how many, how many shots do you get like that? And so sometimes it's like your best shot is probably when the team's maybe not ready for it. But, you know, that's why I watch sports.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, to your point, the Thunder, go to the Western conference finals in 2011 and you're like, Oh, it's okay. We're going to get back. And sure enough, the next year they, they go to the NBA finals and they lose and you're like, that's okay. This group's going to stay together. And this group, that group never played another game together, never made it back, haven't made it back to the finals. And this year you can sort of, I mean, I, I, I I watch like thunder sphere, if you will, the fans and stuff. It's like trade giddy, trade giddy, trade giddy. And I can see a world where a year from now you've traded giddy and suddenly SGA has an injury and you need Giddy to be back on the ball where he's really good. the The, the Thunder's problem with Giddy is that in this current iteration, they're asking him to essentially be a three and D guy, and those are the two things that he does the worst. He's not a very good defender, and he doesn't shoot the three very well. Then the other night, they needed him on the ball because Jalen Williams, the one from Santa Clara, was out, and so they had to move SGA off the ball because of what Toronto was doing to them. And Giddy comes in and plays like. And an elite game on ball, distributing the ball and stuff, and you're like, man, this is to your point. It's just you getting winning a title and getting your team to a title game is so freaking hard. It's why I think it's the big storyline. And I know you got to go, Jeffrey Chase, and I'll probably talk about this on the other side. It's the big storyline for Ole Miss in the fall is when it's title or bust. Every. And it is when it's title or bust, that's the worst time to be a fan, man. Cause it's if, if the only thing that, that, that is going to satisfy you is winning a championship, you are going to fully realize so many times how much luck and good fortune plays a role
1: in winning a title. I mean, let's be real. What's the largest reason that Denver won the title last year? Besides, they have, if not the best player alive, he's in that, he's in that conversation of he's so good. Yeah. When he's playing well, you can't do anything with he's him. He's an inarguably top three player. Correct. But the biggest reason they won was their top six guys were all healthy in the playoffs. That's it. They stayed healthy the whole year. That's exactly what it was.
3: And and he, Malone did a great job coaching, and they finally figured out how to handle the non-Jokic minutes. But they made it through the second half of the season and all of the playoffs with really no injuries at all. And that's that's. And that's a big part of it. I mean, that's too, that's not to take away from what they accomplished. But, man, that's a big part of it. I mean, you go back and think about the Warriors. And had had Kevin Durant not torn his Achilles that night in Toronto, the Warriors probably win another title.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Enjoyed it, bud. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Be good.
2: Jeffrey Wright, they're on the Campbell Clinic hotline as always. No, look, margin of error gone where it's – this one quarter, this one drive, this one game means so much more than whatever you're doing. And, you know, even if – that's what's funny about this from an old Miss standpoint is, look, getting into the playoff is job one. Hosting a playoff game or whatever would be job two. But it's a success if you're in the playoffs to whatever level. The success this season was once it got going and once you definitely – I guess once you beat LSU was accessible – and it really doesn't change as far as what was required, but the intensity because it's playoff and some, you know what I mean? Like 10 and 2 yeah. feels so different, even though it's the same thing.
3: But had Ole Miss gone to the citrus bowl, ultimately everyone would have been, oh yeah, it was a pretty good season. Yeah, yeah, sure. And and Mm-mm. now, no, no, the citrus bowl is failure. Yes. There is no there is no C or B to be had. This is a course where you either make an A or an f there is no like you know carsons in pre ap calculus right now and it's hard right we're 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 like hey man if you could somehow get a b in other words hey dude yeah. if you can somehow get to the outback bowl it's this is awesome great job we'll throw a party we'll pat you on the head and go, great, you did it, right? I mean, I remember when Campbell took, you know, finite math or freshman year of college, and it was, this shit's hard. And we there was a point where it was like, hey, an A is not not the goal anymore. The goal is just a B. Mm -hmm. And we probably could have talked ourselves into a C. And when she made a B, it was like, woo, celebration. There is no celebrating a B for Ole Miss football this fall. This is not the thunder where – if the thunder make the second round of the playoffs and get whacked by the nuggets because they just don't have an answer for nikola jokic you can go hey yeah but okay now we go into this offseason with all these assets we can do some things maybe make a deal maybe get the right no no this is you either make the playoffs and it's a success or you don't make the playoffs for whatever list of reasons injuries bad luck a bad call whatever it's failure that's a weird spot, and that's a spot Ole Miss hasn't been in. It's why I think the fall is so interesting. There's that, and the one thing, and, and you might correct me, you're you're far more ingrained in Ole Miss culture than I am. But I've always sensed that Ole Miss fans kind of deep down love disrespect, love being overlooked. They like to bitch about it, but they really kind of like it. Nope, you're not being overlooked, and you're not being disrespected everyone's picking you to get there. Everyone is 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 saying you're the second or third best team in the SEC. A lot of people are going to pick you to go to the SEC championship game. We're going to have media days in July in Dallas, and Georgia's going to be picked to win the league, and they've earned that right. And number and two – And there's going to be some Texas, Ole Miss, Alabama who's with Oh, I, I disagree. You'd think Alabama's not even in it. It's Texas and Ole Miss. I, I disagree. I think – Two and three is going to be Texas and Ole Miss in some order. And I think Missouri is going to be picked to finish fourth. And I think mm-hmm. Alabama is going to be picked to finish fifth. Yeah, There's there's going to be a Saban, ah, uh, they're done element to it that kicks in. And, and I think Ole Miss is going to be one of when they set up media days in Dallas. Again, Texas is going to have its big day, as they should. Oklahoma, welcome to the league. Big story, blah, blah, blah. Georgia, Be off. Everybody, I mean, they, they've earned it. They haven't lost a yeah, regular sure. game in three years. So no way can go, I'm sick of this Georgia shit. No, they've earned it. Yeah, They've yeah. absolutely Shut up. But after that, who are the two big stories in the league? It's Ole Miss and Missouri. Which yeah. of those two stories is the most compelling? Ole Miss. I mean, yeah. there's not I, – I it's going to be a weird thing for Ole Miss fans in July that are used to being like, man – we just, nobody gives us any credit at all. No, this year you're getting shit tons of credit. I mean, no one's going to pick you to go six and six. No, you're going to be six and O oh and number three in the country. And everybody goes, yeah, you're supposed to be cool. Sweet. All right. Now go to Baton Rouge. People are going to do podcasts, hand raised. Hey, where's the over under on Ole Miss? And you know where I'm going to put it? Ten and a half. Me. And I'm, I'm kind of cynical, skeptical. I look at them and I'm like, where's the weakness? I think Vegas is going to set it at nine and a half. I do too, and I'm going to take the over.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think Vegas sets it at nine. You can almost but see this. If difference. you don't lose a dumb game, you're not supposed to lose. You have
3: to go one and two, and the other three to make the playoff. Period. That's it. I agree. I mean, we'll have a debate about does ten and two get you in, and what two? And it and- does when you start sixth. It does. I, I agree. I agree, and they're going to start. In the in the polls, somewhere between six and eight. Yeah, That's and when make- you're
2: six and zero, oh, you're going to be like third.
3: Yeah. And so I go right back to my disrespect thing. It's going to be this new world where, you know, last year they started what outside of the poll where they were ain't 24th yeah. or something. And everybody's like, you're, t- you're telling me there's 23 teams better than Ole Miss. If we had, you know, and, and that people embraced that they acted angry, but in reality, it was fuel, man. I mean, that was like, yeah, I said, we're going to show you, you know, and, and no, that's, that's off the table now. No, you're, you're
2: going to Columbia, South Carolina, where if you lose that game, they're going to rush the damn field. Yes. Yes.
3: One, you're going no. to go to Baton Rouge, where if they win, they're going to rush the damn field. And the, the, the difference is people go, it's just like 2008. Like, oh, my God. It's like, oh, no, and here's the no, difference. No, 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 no. In no, 2009. No. Here's the difference between now and 2009. I can remember standing on the practice field in 2009 in August with Chris Lowe. And Houston Nutt was terrified of that preseason, and you could look at that team, and you looked at it a few times, and you went. I remember telling Chris, I went, "This is not a championship team," and he was like, "No, it's it's not." I said, "This is a good team, but this is not a championship team." And you look at Ole Miss now on paper, and try to come up with. I mean, where's the where's the glaring weakness, like the flashing light of this is going to get you, this is going to get you. It's year three with Dart, Kiffin, and Weiss. I mean, traditionally, Kiffin in year two with the quarterback has been really, really good. Mm -hmm. This is year three. They, They don't have to do a whole lot of like, Working on communication, for example. No, 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 no. They they fix their offensive line. It's going to be at minimum serviceable. It's probably going to be above average. I don't think it's elite, but I don't think it has to be. Um, they potentially they have, have a running back problem. They do. I think they're going to go add another back. Bentley was good last. There were times last year where Bentley was more effective than Judkins. Now I'm I'm of the opinion they're going to miss Judkins. Their yeah, receiving core should be better than it was a yeah. year ago. Um, their defensive line, which was a weakness last year, should be a strength this year. They went out and got – I, I think one of the best linebackers in the SEC last year, he just played on a really bad team. But if you go back and watch some Arkansas games last year, um, you'll see that that Paul was a very effective player for them and and he'll be even more effective for Ole Miss because Ole Miss is going to be better up front than Arkansas was this past season. And then I think they're pretty good in the secondary. You know, I mean they they've got a, an experienced kicker back. I don't know, whatever at Punter, who cares? Um <laughs> and the schedule's the schedule's favorable. They don't play yeah. Alabama. Uh they they don't they don't play Texas, they don't play Missouri. Play Missouri, you get Georgia at home. Your most you get Oklahoma at home. Your most difficult road game, unquestioned, is at LSU. At mm-hmm. You go, you go to Arkansas. They should suck. Uh, you go to Florida. They should suck. And States, you go to South Carolina, and they South should South Carolina, be Carolina, yeah yeah yeah, and, you, and they should be pretty average. You get the Egg Bowl at home. It's always scary in Starkville because they get up and blah 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 blah. You get them at home. Your non-league schedule is go to wake, okay? Cake, frankly. Yeah. Again, so if the, I mean you're doing the preseason thing, it's like, yeah. So what? What should the ceiling be? Well, the ceiling should be the national championship. What the floor? You make the playoff. Mm-hmm. Hey, boy, that's that's not a big, not a big. I area. mean the the, the
2: the the floor of all floors is nine and three because it's you lost the three games that are coin
3: flips and nine and if three. You want to call is... call them? Fa- going nine and three's failure. Yeah. Crazy. It um is.
2: A little bit of basketball, then we'll close just quickly. Again, there's no real news in this because it went so scratch last night to the point that it was almost boring. Um, inside the league, Tennessee at home, 88-68 over LSU. They're 7-2 in the league now. Auburn did as you expected and just thumped Alabama at Neville Arena last night. They were dominant. They were awesome inside. They were amazing. Uh, Williams for Auburn goes for 26 and 6, 99-81 the final there. We got a three-way tie for the SEC lead, Auburn, Alabama and South Carolina with Tennessee a half game back. Um, I'll give
3: Auburn credit for something. Their their uh-huh. environment Saturday, I mean last night reminded me of something. It reminded me of elite era, peak era Duke at Cameron where it was just a non-starter Yeah. Right on top of you, so loud. They made a run in the late, late first half to go up like 14 and they did the light thing and they showed the Alabama bench and those guys looked shell shocked. And they're a good team. I mean, Bama's good. Um, Bama actually answered the bell early and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they were in it most of the first half. One point, I think, took a lead at one point in the first half and then. Auburn went on that run and the crowd went nuts and it was night, night. And it was again, man, mass credit to those guys for what they've done with their program and the arena and and the environment. It, if you're going to have a conversation about most elite, intimidating environments in college basketball, they've got to be at the top of the conversation, which is one hell of a, Unbelievable. Considering
2: what 10 years ago looked like. I
3: mean it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, 10 years ago they sucked. They were terrible. I mean, Mm -hmm. like the Tony Barbie, Jeff Lebo era at Auburn. Yeah. I mean, my God. They were horrible. I mean, I would think even the most ardent Auburn fan would look back and go, Yeah, man, we sucked. That that was bad. And to see where they are today, it's it is a it is an absolute credit to Bruce Pearl for what he's done. Texas A&M went on the road and beat
2: Missouri in Columbia 79-60. The Tigers have quit. They are 8-15, 0-10 in the SEC there for uh, for Mizzou. And then, uh, you know, I, I watched a good bit just sort of accidentally last night of Georgia and Mississippi State. State got a win. They had to get. Georgia's really starting to flounder a little bit. Or maybe a lot, uh, State 75 62. But, you know, Georgia made a couple runs and hit some threes and did some things. And State kind of kept coming. I mean, it was at home it was a game they had to win. But I thought, considering how the last week and a half to two weeks has gone for them, I thought they played with some toughness last night and sort of disposing of, of, of Georgia. So,
3: yeah, this oh, won't be yeah. a popular thing for me to say on this podcast, but I think Mississippi State's a good team. And they I think they're, they're good. I think they're going to show that down the stretch.
2: Um, they have a lot of winnable games down the stretch. Now, their end's kind of weird, but they they can get on a little bit of a roll here.
3: um and Mike's, then Saturday Ike's team, team is is kind of they're hitting that wall a little bit, man. It's one thing to effort effort, 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 and you, nothing ever comes of it. It's hard to keep bringing that effort, you know, he's done a good job and they're just not good enough.
2: They just don't have enough talent. I mean, they don't have guys that can go do it. um Saturday, just quick look. Uh, Alabama is at LSU, so the Tide should get help in Baton Rouge. That's 11 a.m. on ESPN. Vanderbilt in South Carolina. So the Gamecocks are going to move to uh, 21-3, and 9-2 in the SEC sometime around mm-hmm. 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon um, yeah. facing the uh, Commodores. Auburn is in Gainesville, Florida 5-4 in the SEC. They're hosting the Auburn Tigers, who, again, now
3: are 19-4, 8-2. This is interesting because Auburn's Auburn's coming off the the kind of high of a big road win, followed up by a massive home game that everybody's been talking mm-hmm. about for weeks, and they're probably not going to have the same energy. Yeah, and Florida Florida's probably a little pissed from what happened in College Station, where they let it get away. It's, it's
2: this is a game
3: to circle a little Saturday, yeah, yeah a little bit, yeah. I
2: I, I, I completely agree with that. Um, Kentucky is like Ole Miss. They have an off date on Saturday, but they are filling it with a non-con. They are hosting Gonzaga on uh, oh. on Saturday, three o'clock on CBS. Kentucky ten and three at home this season. Gonzaga seventeen and six, so not the normal Bulldogs, but they're still quite good. Um, Georgia at Arkansas on Saturday, sure, whatever. Um,
3: and then good game. That's, that's a game. That's a game I'm watching just from the Mike White standpoint. What does Georgia do? On the road, like as it's become obvious, hey, you're not a tournament team. What are you? Do you show up and play? That kind of thing.
2: And he probably can get them up here because it would be, hey, guys, you're four and six in the league. Let's get this one. Go home. Try to get to six. And you know what I mean? You can convince your guys of that. That's doable. Yeah.
3: Um, Yeah. I'm interested. I'm interested in this one. Just from that standpoint alone.
2: State's going to get a road win on Saturday. They are uh, four and six in the SEC, but they're in Como playing the Missouri Tigers again, uh, 7.30 on SEC Network on Saturday evening. And then your big game that I think could be a really, really good game on the road uh, for the Vols, they are in College Station on Saturday night, seven o'clock on ESPN, Tennessee, Texas A&M.
3: Oh, yeah, that's not a bad game. Mm -hmm. That's not a bad game. Tennessee's. Tennessee's got the defenders to slow Taylor down and make Buzz have to try to beat you with other guys, Radford and some of those guys. I, I'm I'm pretty big on the Vols, but Buzz is a really good coach and they've got a they've made a that home environment's pretty good for them too. That'll be a that'll be a big spot. Their their only shot there is Taylor plays out of his mind. Yeah, that feels Tennessee ish,
2: just from a personnel standpoint. Having a hard time coming up with anything uh different. There for uh, for that, uh, I guess take your pick. Is uh, Kansas City going to cover this thing?
3: What's going on? You yeah. going to win? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Chiefs to win outright. Okay. I set up the I set up the final Neals pick shell just this morning. So I'm going. I'm going cheap. San Francisco minus two and a half is the spread. Yeah,
2: we got it at two, but whatever. Okay, Forty Nine ers uh, favored there. Analytics are giving the 49ers a 60% chance of winning, but Patrick Mahomes is on the other team. Yeah. So, over under 47 and a half. And if you're time. the NFL, who do you want to win? Uh, I think you want the Chiefs to win. I do too. I, I think. Um, not saying they're going to rig it, but, yeah, I think they uh, they they, they would want the the Chiefs to win, so. All right, that is where we're at. Thanks to Jeffrey for his time, as always, here on the, uh, on the program. He gives it to us every single Thursday morning against Super Bowl, I guess around 518, 520, whatever the start time is for this thing. On Sunday, Reba McIntyre with the uh, National Anthem, Usher with the halftime show, and then the 49ers and the
4: Chiefs. So have a good day. We'll talk to you again very soon. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.